One of the outcomes of the pandemic is accelerated adoption of the cloud. But whereas cloud first was first thought of as a mid to long term strategy that would take organizations time to adopt, primarily because at least in Asia, a lot of organizations have legacy systems that simply are too complicated to move. But statewide restrictions following the pandemic, particularly in mobility, have forced companies to move up a notch their cloud strategies. As the dust settles, businesses and people getting accustomed to the new way of working, cloud computing is evolving from a technology enabler to a business disruptor. But to achieve this status of business disruptor, Gartner says IT leaders responsible for cloud strategy must understand their organization's business strategy first and then seek opportunities to leverage new and emerging cloud capabilities to accelerate the strategy. Welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. In this episode, we are joined by Mr. Adrian Lawrence, head of Baker McKinsey's Asia-Pacific Technology, Media, and Telecommunications Group, to talk about winning strategies for cloud migration in 2022 from a legal perspective. Adrian, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Hi, Alan. Thanks very much for having me. Very pleased to be here. So what exactly are the three most common challenges faced by organizations considering either migrating to a private cloud or to a public cloud? Look, it's, it's a great question and one that we get a lot from our clients. I think we would sort of put them into three themes. And again, I'm coming at this largely from a legal perspective. So I'm sort of thinking about what are the key legal areas that might be a, a challenge or concern as companies move to the cloud. I think the number one challenge that our clients tell us is typically around the regulatory regime and in particular around questions of privacy. And, and there's a number of different elements to that, but really that stem to take important, critical business data and to, if you like, let it onto the cloud is a big step for many companies as they think about that. So the regulatory regimes that are typically relevant here are going to be privacy regimes and that they vary around the region. And when we start to think about data being held in different jurisdictions, that becomes more complicated. Increasingly, we are seeing what we would describe as data sovereignty requirements, that is restrictions on the ability to move data freely around the region. And that's becoming more of a challenge for clients as they try to do business on a pan-Asian basis, for example. And then depending on the sector in which our clients are operating, there might be some specific regulation for them. So financial services companies have specific overlay that their regulator might need to approve their cloud transactions. Government organisations similarly might have specific restrictions. Healthcare companies, again, might have some restrictions about how they can deal in their data and move into the cloud. So there's that whole regulatory privacy piece. Secondly, there's a key set of questions around security, cybersecurity. It's often a driver, of course, for companies to move to the cloud to get the benefit of of the increased security that they might uh, achieve through that. But it's certainly top of mind or, or close to top of mind as something that really needs to be very carefully thought through. And it's not just the data at rest in the cloud. It's thinking about how the organization then interacts with that data, particularly, as you said in the introduction, when we're talking about a mobile workforce or a mobile customer base, making sure that all of those interactions with the cloud are appropriately secure. And then I think the third one, probably more of an operational question that really is, again, you flagged in the introduction, this question of migration from legacy systems. And really, typically, that is a question about how much change is the organization 
willing to take on. As you move to the cloud, inevitably, you're going to have to do some things differently. And that will happen at a technical level. So different systems will need to interact in different ways, but also at an operational level. And are you prepared as an organization, as part of that digital transformation journey, if you like, to do things differently? As you said, the pandemic has forced a lot of that. It's forced companies into this digital transformation journey, perhaps quicker than they thought they might go on it. And so that question perhaps gets put to one side a little, but it's still a very relevant question. Are my employees and partners and customers, how are they going to react to this new way of doing business, this new way of operating as we move our business to the cloud? What would be critical technologies that must be in place to facilitate cloud migration? Look, it's, it's a really good question, I think. It does depend a little bit on what is the actual driver for the move to the cloud, whether that be a sort of a broad digital transformation strategy you know, across the organisation trying to move to a more digital basis. It might be a desire for better storage, more efficient storage of data. It might be a desire for increased functionality, sort of remote access or even access to technologies like sort of data mining AI, more advanced technologies like that. So it does depend a little bit on the the motive for the move to cloud. But typically what we would see in cloud transactions is that you would have a few different sorts of players. You'd have the underlying storage mechanism. That is, where is this data going to be hosted? How is it going to be hosted? You'll have the software that the client company will interact with. So that might be an underlying accounting system or an HR system or a customer relationship management system, CRM system. You'll have, we'll talk about this in a minute, I think, you'll have the systems integrator, the entity that's helping the migration in the first place. And then often you will have outsourced arrangements that go alongside the move to the cloud, some portion of the function of the company is actually not just moving to a cloud-based storage or interaction, but actually outsourcing that function. So you're getting a third party, perhaps sitting in another jurisdiction, sort of taking on a large portion of, say, an accounts payable function or an HR function or a payroll function. So those different pieces of technology or different actors, if you like, will all need to interact together to get to a an efficient transition to a cloud environment. In terms of skills, what sort of critical skills or experiences or even credentials must CIOs or heads of an organization look for when considering bringing in, as you say, external companies to help with the migration? There's clearly a significant set of work that needs to be done by a a systems integrator, a migration service provider, however we want to describe them. Inevitably, you will be looking to entities that have done this before, that have helped uh, hopefully equivalent companies move to the cloud, that understand not just the underlying technology that's going to be used, but have a clear system for interacting with the company to understand what its transition needs are going to be, that have a clear view of the regulatory concerns that might come up. So, you know, typically you would be looking at all of those factors to decide, yes, this is an entity that has done equivalent work before, understands the underlying technology, in particular is a specialist in the use of the underlying software that's being deployed, is a company that we feel we can work with, that we will be in a significant pro 
project with this company. It's not just, well, systems integrator, please provide me with all of these services. It's very much a partnership that's needed between customer and service provider uh, when you look at these kind of transactions. So simple but important questions like, is this a team that I feel I can work with, that I can trust, that I feel is going to be giving me prime service over the course of this transaction, this this process, which is typically might be a number of months, if not more than 12 months. So looking at all of those different factors in making a decision is typically what we see CIOs and other decision makers looking for in their transactions. From a legal perspective, when considering a cloud-based DR strategy, what would CIOs need to remember as well? Yeah, look, I think the legal questions here are are similar to the ones that I flagged up front in that what you're really talking about here is making sure that your service is going to be able to be continuously provided in the case of some kind of downtime or, or, or disaster. So you would start to think about questions like, from what jurisdictions are those services going to be provided? Do we have adequate coverage considering the kinds of disasters that might occur? Do we have in place the processes that can be easily triggered if and when a disaster might occur. There's some legal questions that arise there. More and more jurisdictions around the Asia-Pacific region have data breach notification obligations. So if you are triggering a DR response, you might also be triggering things like a requirement to notify regulators that a, uh, a disaster has occurred or that the systems have been compromised in some way. So making sure all of that process is in place and clearly contracted that is set out in your agreement with your service provider. But that's really at the core of a, of a good DR strategy from a legal perspective. Of course, there are operational questions there as well. Is the DR actually going to work? Is it going to be implemented? How quickly can that occur? You know, What sort of metrics might we put around making sure that that does in fact occur as and when it needs to? What is a realistic set of ROI metrics for cloud migration? This is a hard one. I think, again, you come back to what is the purpose for your migration? What are you actually trying to achieve? At Baker McKenzie, we run a yearly digital transformation and cloud survey. And our clients tell us the kinds of things that they're trying to achieve and also give us some insight into the kinds of metrics that they think about. I think sometimes we see those two issues not perfectly aligned. So you have a set of metrics in, in a contract, for example, that don't necessarily align exactly with the underlying purposes for the cloud migration in the first place. So I think I would say you need to think very carefully about what those metrics might be and not simply go down a kind of a rote path of, well, you know, always what we're going to be looking for are these metrics one, two, three, but rather think in a little more of a bespoke sort of way. What are we trying to achieve? Is this about customer satisfaction ultimately? Is this about employees? satisfaction? Is this about increased efficiency that might flow through to our financial results? And trying to set up a set of metrics that help measure that, both in the contract itself, but also as part of the broader project and thinking about what success in that project looks like, that's very important. But I don't think there's a sort of a one-size-fits-all. You will always kind of seek these metrics as you're going into a transformational project like this. Adrian, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. Thanks very much, Alan. It's been a pleasure.
That was Adrian Lawrence, head of Baker McKinsey's Asia-Pacific Technology Media and Telecommunications Group on the topic of winning strategies for cloud migration in 2022. You are listening in the podcast for future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. Bye for now.